It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And this week, it is show number 111 for the week of May 14th, 2015. And we're getting freaky, we're getting crazy, and maybe we'll eat some fried worms because we have none other than Ryan Malgarini stopping in here at the show. Now, Ryan, you may recall from the 2003 Disney remake of their classic Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan, he played the little brother of Anna in the film. He also was the chef in How to Eat Fried Worms. He's been in Gary Unmarried, Polar Express, and many other things. And Ryan's going to be stopping in and talking about a variety of different things. What it was like being on the set, working with Jamie Lee Curtis. Did he really eat some fried worms? As well as what is he working on now? And many other things. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. Now, Aaron is off this week. He's not going to be answering those questions from the mailbag. He's busy with baseball and Boy Scouts and so many other things with his family. And as you know, family time is very important here at the show. But we have the rest of the team here. Nathan is back, and he's going to give you this week in Disney history. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. We have Paige here with the Magical Music Review as she's looking into some of the music that makes the Disney magic happen throughout many of their films. We have Jason going deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD that you want to add to your collection. And let's not forget the latest from Disney Multimedia with Randy. We have tons of news hot off the D-Wire. From Disneyland's Diamond Celebration all the way through Memorial Day, Walt Disney World, the Disney Channel, Girl Meets World, Star Wars, and so much more. So before I officially kick off this week's show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spend it on what else? Souvenirs, yes. And you can get all these savings and more just by stopping by DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, we're getting freaky. It's getting crazy. It's show number 111 for the week of May 14th, 2015. So, you know what? This show would be nothing without all of you. It would be nothing without the D-heads. And you know what? You are the ultimate you. Be right back, all of you D-heads.
Honey, wake up. Oh. <laughs> I have had it. I'm ready. For the Coleman family, Mondays are manic. Bye, honey. Make good choices. <gasps> Wednesdays are wild. Yeah, yeah. Get out of my room. And for Anna and Tess, there's never enough time to really understand each other. What? Time's up. It's after six. <gasps> but on Friday... You think my life is perfect? You couldn't last one day in my high school. Okay. <laughs> That's all about to change. Because things are going to get a little freaky. Why am I in Anna's room? This isn't mine. Those aren't mine. That's definitely not mine. Walt Disney Pictures presents... So, you're in my body and I'm in your body. I'm... Oh! I beg your pardon. Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper! Freaky Friday. Why don't we like... Yes, a jolt! Coming soon to Disney DVD and video. Hey, this is Ryan Malgarini from Freaky Friday, How to Get Fried Worms, and the new upcoming project, The Young Kieslowski. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. I'd like to be you for a day. 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 I'd like to be you for a day I'd like to climb into the dreams you hide To know the grown-up and the child inside Whatever makes you smile I'd like to see it go ahead and free
wanna touch you. I wanna reach you in every single way. I'd like to be you for a day. Put you back on the track when you go astray. I'd like to be you for a day. Know your ways and to share the games that you play. I'd like to be you for a day. Like to be you. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, LVD heads, I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 111 for the week of May 14th, 2015, as we have all kinds of fun. Yes, we're getting freaky, we're going to eat some fried worms, and we're going to have all kinds of fun, as we have none other than Ryan Malgarini stopping in here at the show. And like I said, he is going to be stopping in and chatting about a variety of different things, what it was like working with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis and Freaky Friday, how to eat fried worms, did he actually eat some fried worms, and many other things on the horizon, including his latest films that are currently out and more. So Ryan's going to be stopping in, as well as the D team, as we have Nathan, Caitlin, Paige, Jason, and Randy all stopping in here this week. Now, news is a little bit lighter than it normally is here, all of you D-heads, so the show might be a little bit lighter. You know, not too much is going on here this week, so news might be a little bit lighter, which might be a good thing. If you're tired of listening to me ramble week in and week out, this might be the week for you because you don't have to listen to me just go blah, 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 blah all show long. You might really enjoy this. But before I officially kick off the show, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete archives, our latest news blogs, our Lifetime of Disney Player, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also find us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also join our Disney D-Wire discussion group. Just go to the groups page on Facebook and search Diz Radio Disney and jump into the conversation on the official D-Wire Disney discussion group. And you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And you remember, you can get all of these on our official website at DizRadio.com. And finally, you can always subscribe to our show using Stitcher Radio or iTunes. Just search Disney Blue, Disney On Demand, or Diz Radio. All three will find your way to us. So, all of you D-heads, with that out of the way, let's jump into news. As I said, it's a little light, but we got some fun news here on the horizon. And many of us remember Kungaloosh, right? You know, come on, I love it. The Adventurers Club was something that was my absolute favorite at Downtown Disney, Pleasure Island, now Disney Springs, Disney Landing, whatever you want to call it. Adventurers Club was always one of my favorites. But it seems that we might have a little glimmer of hope 
as an Indiana Jones-themed bar is now announced for the Walt Disney World Resort. Yes, the Walt Disney World Resort is getting an Indiana Jones-themed bar this coming fall. Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar will open in downtown Disney in the shopping and dining area located near the Disney theme parks in Orlando, which, if you're listening to this, you're probably well aware of that as well. Now, Indiana Jones fans will recognize Jock Lindsay as myself as Indy's pilot from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the owner of the pet snake that Indy found in his lap while making the quick escape at the beginning of the film. Now, Disney promises aviation-themed decor, vintage-style posters, letters from Indy on display, and the food will also be themed after Indiana Jones, with menu items like Air Pirates Everything Pretzels, Roller Boulder Meatballs, and cocktails like Hovito Mojito. Now, it sounds fantastic. I am excited for this. Now, recently, Lucasfilm confirmed that they are looking to reboot the Indiana Jones franchise that it is in the works. I'm sure this is coming way after Star Wars. Now, it may not be an adventures club, but it might just be fun. And if many of you remember, there was kind of that turn-of-the-century kind of hangar bar uh, at MGM Studios when it opened as well. But I'm excited. It may not be an Adventures Club, but come on, Indiana Jones-themed hangar bar, it's going to be fun. I'm definitely going to have to visit this one and maybe even pull out the whip and crack the whip a few times just for the sake of it, you know, show off. Who knows? So pushing right along here in news, all of you D-Huds, let's go from Florida all the way to Disneyland. And how about the Walt Disney Archives returning to the D23 Expo with Disneyland The Exhibit? Yes, the Walt Disney Archives announced this last week that it will celebrate the 60th anniversary of Disneyland at the D23 Expo 2015 with an exhibit of more than 300 pieces from the park's incredible history. The Walt Disney Archives presents Disneyland The Exhibit will be the largest display of the Disney Archives that has ever showcased at the D23 Expo. Now, the event presented by D23, the official Disney fan club, will take place August 14th through the 16th at the Anaheim Convention Center. Now, the 12,000-square-foot floor exhibit will be located on the Expo show floor for the first time, and it will include themed areas to honor the park's history, including attractions, parades, entertainment over the past six decades, including construction of Disneyland, Pirates of the Caribbean, Mickey Mouse Club at Disneyland, Club 33, and collectible merchandise as well, including many iconic lands like Main Street USA, Fantasyland, Frontierland, New Orleans Square, Tomorrowland, Critter Country, Bear Country, and each area will contain items from Disneyland's past, including attraction vehicles, costumes, props, and even audio animatronic figures on hands for everybody to enjoy and see up close. Now, among many of these 300-plus items that are going to be on exhibit, guests will be able to see ticket number one purchased by Roy O. Disney on July 18, 1955, the first day the park was open to the general public. Now, guests will also see many pieces shown in the archives for the first time, including early surveying equipment from the 1950s used in the construction of Disneyland, a prototype vehicle for the beloved Alice in Wonderland attraction, and a dancing monkey costume used in the nighttime spectacular Fantasmic. Also, early Autopia cars and original artwork from the Mickey Mouse Club Circus, the Abominable Snowman from the Matterhorn Bobsleds, and many other things. I mean, this is going to be fantastic and huge to help celebrate Disneyland with their Diamond Celebration this year at the D23 Expo. Now, this is going to be fun. It's going to be great. And the D23 Expo 2015 has tickets that are at a discounted rate right now through June 30th, 2015. Tickets range from $67 for one day to $48 for children ages 3 to 12. Now, it is definitely fun. If you want to find out more about this, we have a full write-up on our official website at DizRadio.com. You can also go to D23Expo.com as well. Now, moving from the parks, let's get into technology, something we all love here, right? You know, come on, we all love technology, right? And how about the tabbies? Now, you're like, 
What the heck is a Tabby? Well, Disney's Frozen app and more are nominated for the Tabby Awards 2015, which is the best iPad and Android tablet apps. Now, the Tabby Awards, the global competition for the best tablet-optimized apps, announced this week its nominees for the 2015 cons Consumer App Competition. Now, over 200 iPad and Android apps from publishers in 16 countries entered the competition earlier this year. Now, an international judge panel of independent app professionals review the apps over many weeks and rate them across a range of criteria. Now, there is a huge selection process. Now, they got the list short of 98 nominees. Now, these nominees are grouped in 11 categories for Android apps and games and 24 categories for iPad apps and games as well. Now, final publishers include well-known names such as A&E Networks, Adobe, American Greetings, Disney, Expedia, Food Network, Harrods, Morningstar, Nickelodeon, Rosetta Stone, Target, The New Yorker, and many others. I'm not going to go through the whole list. But Disney's Frozen app is up for an award as well. Everybody loves Frozen. You love interacting with it. And the Frozen app is up now for the Tabby Awards. Now, a full list of finalists for the apps are available on the official website at tabbyawards.com. That's T-A-B-B-Y awards.com. Now, the judges will now proceed in a final round and select many in each of the categories with the winners to be announced coming up on June 14th. Now, this is a fantastic way for apps to grow, developers to grow, and see just what is trending and what makes things on the horizon. And for once, Disney doesn't have something in every category, but Frozen is not gone forever. It's up for a Tabby Award. Now, since we are talking about technology here, all of you D-heads, how about kart racing coming to the Speedway Toy Box for Disney 3.0? for Disney Infinity. Yes, what happens when many characters of Disney decide to go go-kart racing? Kind of like Mario Kart, it sounds like to me, but fans can get Speedway Toy Box, which pits various Disney characters against each other in a kart racing tournament to see who's the fastest of them all. Now, the Speedway Toy Box will be one of the new mini-games present for the Disney 3.0 for Disney Infinity in its Toy Box mode, as revealed by Game Informer this last week. Now, as Game Informer has speeded, the Speedway Toy Box is being developed by Sumo Digital, which created the successful Sonic and Sega All-Stars racing games for Sony's PlayStation 3, as well as many other games for the Nintendo Wii and Microsoft Xbox 360. Now, the game looks to combine the kart racing mechanics seen in many games like Mario Kart and mix them all with limitless customization options that have been the main feature in the Disney Infinity series. Now, such customization options include many different characters, putting them in other well-known characters' vehicles. For example, Thor from Marvel's World can ride Elsa's vehicle while cruising through Star Wars-themed racetracks. Now, previous minigames in the Disney Infinity Toy Box included tower defense minigames, dungeon crawling games, and more, much like the Diablo franchise. Now, the Speedway Toy Box will be part of a confirmed expansion that will be sold separately from the standard Disney Infinity 3.0 set. So, this is something that you need to enhance from and really download it and add to as they keep you continuing to buy in to play. That's really what it is. Now, Disney Infinity 3.0, as we announced last week, is confirmed to have Star Wars joining it. That is one of the biggest things, but they're also going to have many other things that are coming along with previous characters who weren't in the first two versions as well, like Milan, Ultron, and a classic version of Mickey Mouse as well. Now, this is expected to hit the consoles coming this fall, as we all know. Now, since we did touch base upon Star Wars and Marvel, and we all know that Disney owns those entities now, how about the Avengers Age of Ultron toys removed the Black Widow from the motorcycle scene and Disney and Lego are now facing backlash. Yes, 
After many leaked Sony emails this last week about the studio's aversion to female superheroes, here comes another issue in one of Marvel's superheroes, Black Widow. Yes, Disney and Lego have removed Black Widow from her best scene in the movie in the officially licensed toy set for the franchise. Now, Disney and Lego issued new toy sets for the Avengers Age of Ultron, managing to leave out Black Widow. In the Disney toy set, which features the Quinjet and the motorcycle that was dropped out of it, Captain America is shown riding the motorcycle, which is nowhere near the real scene in the movie. In the movie, Hawkeye piloted Quinjet, then drops out Black Widow from the hold riding the motorcycle. Now, Screen Rush has reported it's Black Widow who ultimately accomplishes the goal. It's Black Widow who gets to ride around on the motorcycle and be a bad butt. I'm not going to drop bad language here, just I don't know what small ears are listening. But Screen Rush has reported this, and it's true. Now, the Lego playset, on the other hand, features Black Widow in a pilot seat of the Quinjet, but has Captain America on the motorcycle. Now, some believe critics are reading too much into the removal of Black Widow from her motorcycle. Now, according to Forbes report, toy companies are merely deciding based on what sells the best in certain markets. Now, with toy sets such as these, they expect more boys to be playing with these sets, so female superheroes on a bike could have meant lower sales. Now, neither Disney or Lego have commented on the backlash, but, you know, coming as somebody that works in advertising, marketing, design, I understand what they're saying, that even if they put her on there, it doesn't mean it's going to draw more girls. It, it, just because girls love Black Widow, it doesn't mean they're actually playing with that set of toys. So it could go either way. I'm kind of open with either of those. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm keeping this first half of news relatively short. Like I said, we kind of got a light week here in news. But we do have some more news on the horizon. We're gearing up for Ryan Malgarini from Freaky Friday, How to Eat Fried Worms, and much, much more stopping in here. And we have more coming from the D-team. We have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with Caitlin. And we also have Nathan stopping in with This Week in Disney History. So you haven't heard the last of me. It is a lighter week. It's going to go a little bit It's going to go a little bit quicker here this week for all of you D-heads. But fear not, we have a lot more news on the horizon and much more. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% on your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused vacation club points from vacation club members and spend it on what else all those souvenirs and stay at the greatest resorts like the grand floridian the animal kingdom and more so definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com the official sponsor of Diz radio so all of you d heads with that said i'm gonna push along here and when we come back we still have some more news hot off the d wire be right back all vd heads and take it away team
her. You know who that is? Anna's got a boyfriend. K-I-S-I-N-G. Okay, where are we going next? Harry's school? Oh, he can walk from here. It's 20 blocks. Fresh air will do you good. But what about boys? Run fast. Tess, look, really, it's no trouble to drive them. <laughs> Whatever. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Well, Disney Parks' coolest summer ever is almost here, and to help kick off the festivities, a whole slew of Disney Channel stars will be on hand at the Magic Kingdom on May 22nd, the start of the 24-hour event. Throughout the day, stars will be stopping by the Disney Channel Club Chill Stage in Tomorrowland, as well as serving as the Grand Marshals for the 3 o'clock parade. Among those scheduled to appear are Dove Cameron, Sky Jackson, Peyton List, Rock Ross Lynch, Laura Morano, Maya Mitchell, Bradley Perry, Jake Short, Callum Worthy, members of the upcoming Descendants movie and Teen Beach 2, and so many more. Ernie D and the Radio Disney team will also be broadcasting live on site from 8am to midnight. Downtown Disney news just keeps getting better and better, and this week I'm thrilled to share that the newest dining experience in the works is an Indiana Jones inspired restaurant. Called Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, this aviation-themed lounge will be an amazing addition to the Disney Springs expansion. It's been a while. If it's been a while since you've watched Indiana Jones Adventures, Jock Lindsay is his pilot friend. We can't wait to experience this place when it opens in the fall. The details that they'll incorporate from the story and the theme are bound to be incredible. Speaking of Downtown Disney, the covered garage walkways are now open, so make sure to travel through the new path next time you're in the area. And if you love Star Wars, you can now share your Star Wars style for a chance to win a Disney World vacation for two. All you have to do is is share a photo of you showing off your best Star Wars side at StarWarsStyle.com between now and June 1st. Eight runners-up will also win Star Wars merchandise. Thanks for listening, and until next time, you can fly.
Hi, I'm Kevin R. McNally. I play Joshua McGibbs in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. Dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. Right down that. Freaky Friday. What I like about you. The original soundtrack album featuring Lilix. Halo Friendlies. Lindsay Lohan. Simple Plan. And great songs from American Hi Fi. The Donna's 40 Foot Echo. And more. Freaky Friday, the original soundtrack album, available on Hollywood Records. Whiskers, dragon toes, a dragon tooth, and a dragon nose. Every little piece, every little piece, we could make a million by slicing him, dicing him. Hoagie, we could sell every little shell. There's enough of him to go around. Money, money, money by the pound Every little piece, every little piece I can take a scissor and clip him up, rip him up Every little part is a work of art Think of what a dragon heart would bring Wrapped up in a ribbon and a string Dragon liver can cure a cold Dragon powder grows hair with dragon blood you'll never grow old Every item is covered with gold Every item is covered with gold Every little piece, every little piece Dragon, you're my wagon to destiny You're the key, every little shred Moving me ahead Every dream of mine will be fulfilled what a dragon business we can build Dragon cartilage keeps you thin Dragon fat is for burns A dragon tear will clear up your skin Watch the profits come rolling in Watch the profits come rolling in Every little piece, every little crease Dragon, I'll buy him up, tie him up, drag him from the cave. Show him that I'm brave. I'll bind him up, grind him up, lop him up, chop him up. Can't you hear that jingle jangle sound? <laughs> it's money, money, money by the pound. Keeps you thin Dragon fat is for burns 
A dragon tear will clear up your skin Watch the prophets come rolling in Watch the prophets come rolling in Every little piece, every little crease Lead us to the dragon, we'll buy him up, tie him up Drag him from the cave, show him that we're praying Oh, boy, slow your boy yourself Grind him up, grind him up, lop him up, chop him up. Can't you hear that jingle, jangle sound? Oh yeah! It's money, money, money by the 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 money. Hello, this is Helen Reddy, and you're listening to Disney on Demand. Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I am Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. As you guys know, having heard a good number of my segments by now, I love to mix it up with history and have some longer factoids with tons of little supporting tidbits of information. While staying true to that format, I wanted to try something new that I have been debating for a while, and, and I want to keep this still light and fun, but dig a little deeper each week into some specific items that occurred. So as always, branching off of that, let's begin. Starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1915, when actor Harry Morgan is born in Detroit, Michigan. His Disney film credits include The Barefoot Executive, Scandalous John, Charlie and the Angel, The Apple Dumpling Gang, The Apple Dumpling Gang Rides Again, and The Cat from Outer Space. TV fans will also recognize him from his classic series of Dragnet as Officer Bill Gannon and M.A.S.H. as Colonel Sherman T. Potter. Moving on to 1924, actress Jane Keene, who played Miss Taylor in Disney's 77 Pete's Dragon, is born in Hartford, Connecticut. Moving on to 1925, Roy Oliver Disney, who you all know as Walt's brother and business partner, marries Edna Francis from Reese, Kansas, at Uncle Robert Disney's house on Kingswell Avenue in Los Angeles, California. In 1927, Walt Disney delivers the very first Oswald the Lucky Rabbit cartoon, Poor Papa, to distributor Charles Mintz in New York. In 1935, Kenneth Mars, the voice of King Triton in both the 89 classic The Little Mermaid and the 2000 follow-up The Little Mermaid 2, Return to the Sea, is born in Chicago, Illinois. Moving on to 1945, 18-year-old U.S. soldier Robert Sherman is wounded in the knee while serving in Europe during World War II. Just weeks earlier, he had led half a squad of men into Deschaux concentration camp, the first Allied troops to enter the camp after being evacuated by fleeing German military only hours earlier. Unfortunately, though, due to this injury, this prompted the Robert Sherman we have all come to know and love, as this has now forced him to walk with a cane for the rest of his life. Six years from now, in 1951, Robert and his younger brother, Richard, will begin writing songs together. Known as the Sherman Brothers, they will make Disney history as we know it, and earning many amazing awards such as the National Medal of Arts, which is the highest honor bestowed upon artists from the U.S. government. This was presented to both of the brothers by President George W. Bush at the White House in November of 2008. In 1960, comedian and actor Brad Garrett, who voiced Gusteau in the 2007 Ratatouille, Bloat in the 2003 Finding Nemo, and Fred in the 2002 The Country Bears, is born in Woodland Hills, California. His voice credits are vast and also include many other Disney films such as A Bug's Life, 101 Dalmatians the series, Tarzan 2, Kim Possible, 
an extremely goofy movie, and Tangled as everyone's favorite misunderstood thug who simply had a dream. TV fans will recognize him for his uh, role of Robert Barone on the sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. In 1984, singer, songwriter, actress, and fashion designer Mandy Moore is born in Nashua, New Hampshire. Her Disney film credits include the 2010 Tangled as the voice of none other than Rapunzel herself, and the 2006 Brother Bear 2 as the voice of Niyata. In 1992, Disney's live-action feature film musical Newsies is released in theaters. Moving on to 1994, at Epcot, the Stargate Fast Food Facility, opened since 1982, closes its doors for good. Stargate was located in the southern quadrant of Communicore East and was nestled near the fountains of Na- or Fountain of Nations. Stargate was also the host to a fantastic out-of-this-world character breakfast that people flipped out over. All your standards would be there, such as Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Goofy, and more, and they were all dressed in that debatable 80s spacesuit they all wore at Epcot. Outdoor seating was available at Stargate, and uh, guests could sit down and enjoy meals and the scenery overlooking the waterway, but sadly, the waterway has since been filled with concrete, making for a bigger walking path for guests. Food served here was everything you'd expect from Disney fast food stop, such as burgers, pizza, side dishes, and more. But the names were what really set it off. Solar burgers and galaxy salads could be yours for a standard Disney fast food fare. Moving on to 1996, Disney's claymation and live-action movie, James and the Giant Peach, is released in the United States theaters. In 2006, Winnie the Pooh celebrated his 80th birthday by receiving the 2,308th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in California. And also in 2006, the Walt Disney Company Foundation made a $1 million donation to UNICEF at the gala dinner of the 6th Annual Global Travel and Tourism Summit in Washington, D.C. Moving on to 2008, the end of an era struck as legendary Disney animator and the last survivor of Walt's nine old men, Ollie Johnston, passes away at the age of 95 in Sequim, Washington. Also in 2008, the second new Mark 7 monorail, Blue, is delivered to Disneyland. And also in 2008, Season of Disney, Samantha Brown's Favorites, a four-part miniseries hosted by Samantha Brown, debuted on the Travel Channel. In this opener, she highlights her favorite Disney attractions. In 2009, Walt Disney Pictures releases Hannah Montana the Movie, starring Miley Cyrus. In 2014, the 50th anniversary of It's a Small World is celebrating with hundreds of voices from Disneyland Resort in California, Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, Tokyo Disney Resort in Japan, Disneyland Paris in France, and Hong Kong Disneyland Resorts sing the unforgettable theme song of the happiest cruise that ever sailed the seven seas. And we end this week in Disney history D-heads with something recent in 2015 when the Boathouse, Great Food, Waterfront Dining, and Dreamboats, located in downtown Disney at Walt Disney World Resort, officially opened its doors. One of the new venues in the landing, the first of four planned neighborhoods as downtown Disney is transitioning into becoming Disney Springs throughout uh, over the course of these years, the Boathouse is an upscale waterfront dining experience featuring spectacular floating artwork dream boats from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed as always and learned something new that you didn't know. Hope you like the new format too. I'm going to be adjusting it over the next coming weeks and try to fine-tune it. So if you have any feedback for me about it, feel free to email me at nathan at dizradio.com. That's nathan, N-A-T-H-A-N, at D-I-Z radio.com. As always, guys, have a great week. 
and see you real soon. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, join us down at the Riverside. It's time for Tiana's Showboat Jubilee.
It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, I'm back. Yes, you got to listen to me ramble on a little bit more. I want to extend a very special thank you to the D team of Caitlin and Nathan for stopping in here with their signature segments, adding that little bit of fun and magic to the show here this week. Remember, you can always connect up with the D team on the official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. Drop them a line. They don't bite. Well, they might, but I'm not positive, but they don't bite that I know of. So definitely drop them a line, connect up with them, and start chatting with them. So thank you guys for stopping in here. We're getting that much closer to getting freaky and eating up some fried worms with Ryan Malgarini stopping in here very shortly as our special guest and much, much more. Like I said, news is a little light here this week, so the show might be a little bit lighter here than our normal standard uh, super mega long shows. But maybe that's a good thing for all of you. Maybe you enjoy that fact that you have a little less of hearing me ramble in here this week. But let's jump into more news hot off the D-Wire. And how about Magic Kingdom all set for Memorial Day weekend? Yes, the 24-hour kickoff to the coolest summer event is coming to the Magic Kingdom as we've talked about in the past. It boils down to this. The theme park is going to be open from 6 a.m. on May 22nd and not close its gates until 6 a.m. on May 23rd. Now that's a lot of pixie dust, a lot of magic, and a lot of things to handle. Many diehard fans are attempting to stay the entire 24 hours. I bless you if you can make it happen. Now, producer Kate Pappas, who has two words of advice for many of the folks, breaks and pajamas. They said, pace yourself. She has said, definitely take your time walking through the park and stop and enjoy things. Her break place suggests including the refurbished garden spaces at the foot of Cinderella Castle, the air-conditioned comfort of Monsters, Inc. lab floor, and if you bring your pajamas, you'll blend right in, she said, throughout the night. She also said, I encourage everyone to bring their PJs. After midnight, your favorite Disney characters will be rocking out in their pajamas. Yes, that is what she said. Pajama-clad Donald, Daisy, Goofy, and Pluto are going to be part of a dance party at the castle stage, while Minnie, Chip, and Dale are going to be dressed for bed in Frontierland. And after midnight, it gets a little more otherworldly, although I wouldn't expect more to turn into pumpkin Cinderella style. She said it's going to be fun, and there's a lot of magic on the horizon. Are you going to be there for the 24-hour event? I really wish I could, but it's just not going to happen. But if anyone is and you want to be a reporter for here at this radio, drop us a line. We'd love to have you be there on behalf of the show. Now, we were talking about Star Wars and Marvel early on, but how about a Star Wars channel? Yes, Disney might have a Star Wars and Marvel channel in mind. In an article by Daily Finance this last week, Disney CEO Bob Iger had some very interesting thoughts on the matter of branching out into a dedicated channels for some of its biggest franchises, like Star Wars and Marvel. Now, the time is right and the market has never been so primed for dedicated channels for both of these entities. Now, Iger has stated this last week, we have said that these channels and these brands, ESPN, ABC, Disney, may even down the road, something related to Star Wars and Marvel, we do have the ability as a company to take a product specifically filmed, entertainment, television, movies, and directly have it for consumers. Now, the real question is if the channel purely dedicated to Star Wars franchise could survive. I mean, there's many different things with instant access and many other things, but... As of now, Netflix has the Clone Wars series available for instant binge watching. You also have the Star Wars movies that can be digitally downloaded and Rebels is on Disney XD. But I think if you were looping continuous all different Star Wars things, I think it could definitely work. But 
I think many people are missing the big picture. Star Wars television live action shows. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. It could work. So what do you think on it? What are your thoughts? They haven't expanded too much about it, but I am enjoying Rebels and I'm excited for Episode 7. Now, since we are talking about television and Disney, how about Girl Meets World had their first look this last week at Corey and the gang with Mr. Feeney in Philly. Yes, when George Feeney bid his favorite students farewell at the end of Boy Meets World at seven seasons running strong, he probably never imagined he'd one day see their offspring in his home, no less. Yes, that's exactly what happened this week on Girl Meets World, which finds Corey, Topanga, Sean, and Riley, and Maya making a pilgrimage to Feeney's house in Philadelphia. In the episode titled Girl Meets Pluto, the original Boy Meets World stars return to their childhood stomping grounds and dig up a 15-year-old time capsule, inspiring the next generation to bury one of its own. Now, I'm not going to go too much into this, but you know I have a love of Girl Meets World, especially passing it down to my children. And now my children have been watching Boy Meets World at night on ABC Family and much more, and realizing that uh, Corey and Topanga were once kids too. So definitely check it out. This season is full of many special guests from the original series stopping in, and we have not seen Brother Eric just yet, but he's coming as well. Now, as I said, news is a little light here, but I'm going to give you one more thing about television. And how about PBS and the American Experience announcing Walt Disney to premiere fall of 2015? Yes, at the semi-annual Television Critics Association Conference this last week, PBS and American Experience announced that Walt Disney, the new four-hour, two-night film, is going to explore the life and legacy of one of America's most enduring and influential storytellers, and it's going to premiere in fall of 2015. Now, directed and produced by Sarah Colt, who did Henry Ford and RFK, and written by Mark Zwanzer, I hope I pronounced that right, who did JFK and Triangle Fire, the film features rare archival footage from the Disney vaults, scenes from some of his greatest films, and includes interviews with animators and artists who worked on such things like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, Imagineers who helped design Disneyland, and much, much more. As they have officially released for many Americans, and for me, the twinkle and swish of the Sunday Night Disney logo was pure magic. It was an invitation to a special event, said Beth Hope, Chief Programming Officer and General Manager and General Audience Programmer for PBS. For my kids, introducing them to animated Disney movies, from Beauty and the Beast to The Lion King brought us great joy and taught them life lessons. Now viewers of all ages can learn about the life and legacy and the man behind the magic and his contribution and impact to our lives and culture. Now Walt Disney is definitely an entrepreneur someone we all love. He is the man that why we're here doing this show every single week. Now in 1966, the year Walt Disney died, over 240 million people saw a Disney movie and 100 million tuned in weekly to a Disney television program. 80 million bought Disney merchandise and close to 7 million visited Disneyland at that time. Nearly 50 years later, his reach remains enormous. Few creative figures before or since have held on such a lasting place in American life or pop culture. Now this is going to be fantastic. I am excited for this and it's coming this fall, four hours, two days, the life of Walt Disney. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, as I said, news is a little bit light here. We have a lot more fun on the horizon. We have more from the D-Team as Jason's going to be stopping in here with the vault very shortly. And he's going to talk about another Blu-ray and DVD that you want to add to your collection. And we also have Ryan Malgarini stopping in here from Freaky Friday, How to Eat Fried Worms, Gary Unmarried, The Polar Express, and many other things on his plate and horizon that he's working on right now. So I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team. And when I come back, I'm going to have Ryan Malgarini here on the show. And we have a lot more coming up with more from the D-Team with Jason and Randy and so much more. Be right back, all of you D-Heads, and don't get too freaky and eat some fried worms while you're waiting for Ryan to stop on in.
Take it away, Jason. Siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC eighty two. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the place where we always switch sides on the vault. I'm very excited to know that. Our latest stars, and by latest I always mean those that uh, come after the 2000s, have finally started to emerge here in the Disney On Demand studios. It's nice to know that those forgotten classics, and a lot of them are, shall we remember, oh, my, one of my first reviews here being the Country Bears, and really anything that was coming live action from the mid-90s on, these actors and actresses are now coming full circle, most of them returning to their Disney roots, and some of them making a great career thanks to the Hand of the Mouse. This week, we are very fortunate to have Ryan Malgarini upstairs in the Disney On Demand studios. He has since done some great things, my favorite of course being How to Eat Fried Worms, but my ultimate and first time ever introduced, other than on the Gilmore Girls, was the day in which I went to the theaters in 2003 
and watched the remake. Yes, the Disney remake of their enormous classic, Freaky Friday. Lindsay Lohan, yes, that Lindsay Lohan, plays Anna Coleman. She's the every teenager who does everything in her power, as every teenager does, to survive her family. Her mother, Tess, played by the scream queen herself, Jamie Lee Curtis, and her annoying brother, Harry, played by our new D-head, Ryan. What is their main fight about? Makeup? Boys? Friday night dates? No, it's usually about Anna's rock band on one side and Tessa's upcoming marriage to Ryan, played by the inevitable Mark Harmon. Oh, and remember the date thing that I said is probably a part of their fighting? Well, check that off. Tess is none too excited over Anna's crush, Jake, played by Chad Michael Murray. Family dinners are always supposed to be the cornerstone of every great evening. But when you're the Coleman's, eating out is never quite like this. At their local Chinese restaurant, Anna is still trying to convince Tess to let her go to an important audition for her punk rock band. However, Tess refuses, stating that it is important that they still stay together for family meals. They continually argue with Ryan in the background until they are given a fortune cookie, which in movie magic history only means one thing, the catalyst that moves this movie forward and it contains a body-switching spell. The next day, Anna and Tess' bodies have been switched, and they realize that they are going to have to face each other's lives as somebody else. You would think it would be easy for them to get this taken care of. Just go back to the Chinese restaurant, apologize, because, you know, you should never argue in front of a lot of people, and quite frankly, the way that they take care of their family matters should not be done within a restaurant. But they also realize that they need to go about their day. Tess has patients to tend to, and Anna, of course, has school. As Tess walks in Anna's shoes, she realizes that she's not being overly dramatic about school at all, and unfortunately meets up with Mr. Bates, Anna's English teacher, and remembers that he was actually a former classmate of Tess's. And the unfortunate thing is Mr. Bates remembers this, and has been taking out all of his frustration because Tess never accepted any of his dates all out on Anna. Of course, Tess, as Anna, threatens to report him to the school board unless he stops the abuse. Meanwhile, back on the other side of town, Anna must now be a therapist. But in typical teenage fashion, rather than taking on the responsibilities of the world, she decides to go shopping, along with a makeover and much-needed lunchtime plans. Those plans being returning to the Chinese restaurant to find a way to break the spell. Tess meets her there, and it is explained to them that the only way to break the spell is to show selfless love to one another. Well, that's not going to happen between Tess and Anna. No way, no how. But something tells me all that's about to change. Anna, as Tess, attends Harry's parent-teacher conference, where she soon reads an essay in which Harry writes about Anna in complete admiration. Anna sees Harry in a different light and vows then and there that she will be a much better sister to her brother from now on. Now it's Tessa's turn. Let's make everything right. Let's finally 
end that war between Anna's arch enemy Stacy and the love of Anna's life, Jake, by just ending it all. But Stacy, being the mean girl that she is, frames Tess for cheating. And of course, Jake comes to her rescue and helps finish the test. Which then makes Tess realize that Jake was never the bad person she thought he ever was. But unfortunately, due to Tess's sabotage on Stacy's test, Jake is no longer in love with her. Love is all around, and Ryan decides to surprise Anna with an interview on a talk show. What a perfect way to make her new book known to the people. The problem is Anna has no idea what to talk about, and so making this the high point in her mother's career is not going to be easy. Tess and Jake catch the interview on TV, and of course Tess is completely embarrassed. How could her daughter do this to her? Yet Jake thinks, hey, your mom's kind of cool. Now here comes the really crazy switch. Later on that day, Anna bumps into Jake in a coffee shop. Now, of course, this is Anna in Tessa's body. And they begin to bond over music, coffee, news around everything. And Jake begins to fall in love for the person that's inside Tessa's body, which is the real Anna. Kind of creepy, but at the same time, I think we all know the lesson that's learned here. True self is always inward. Now, here comes the moment of terror. It's time for rehearsal. How is this going to work? Anna's mother has no idea how to play any rock music. Rehearsal dinner for the wedding has finally come. Anna, as Tess, so badly wants this audition to happen. And her friends have come to take Anna away so they can go to the audition. Ryan surprises Tess and Anna by giving Anna the permission to go. Wait a minute. Ryan has no idea what's happened yet, does he? This could spell disaster for Anna, Tess, the band, Jake, the movie. Oh my goodness! Ryan goes about telling the family that all he wants to do is be accepted within the family. And by doing so, shows his support for Anna's band. So we have to figure a way to make this work. Now that Anna knows that Ryan's okay, Tess knows that Jake's okay, And now Anna and Tess are finally seeing that each other's lives are pretty crazy, but they are both still family, and they need to understand one another. So, since Tess can't play, Anna's got to do it behind the scenes, a kind of a Cyrano de Bergerac kind of thing with music. It's there in the audience that Jake realizes that Anna's definitely the one for him. In this moment of triumph, Tess soon realizes that music is pretty fun and at that point realizes that she needs to be a little more respectful to her daughter's wishes and says to herself that she's going to to allow this band thing to continue. Things go well at the audition and they return to the wedding rehearsal. Tess asks Anna to talk to Ryan in order to postpone the wedding so that they're not really marrying each other in separate bodies. Kind of weird as it is anyway. Instead, Anna goes up and proposes a toast where she accepts Ryan because she realizes how happy he makes her mom feel. It is that act of selfless love that breaks the spell and the two return to their original bodies. The big day arrives. Tess marries Ryan. Anna finally starts dating Jake. And the mother from the Chinese restaurant happens to be there and is about to give Harry and Grandpa a fortune cookie as they bicker 
but the original owner confiscates it, and they all live happily ever after in their right bodies. Now this remake came out in 2003 during the height of the Disney Lohan train, and it worked. It was actually a fun movie. The unfortunate thing is that the original overshadows this movie by so many leaps and bounds. Is it funny? Absolutely. Is it worth having in your collection? Absolutely. Jamie Lee Curtis is in rare comic form in this film. Along with all of the slips and slides that a comedy of this nature has, you are going to thoroughly enjoy yourself watching this film. Of course, currently, if you were to try and purchase this film, it is only in a DVD format, which means, as you well know, limits you in the amount of special features which are going to be available to you. It is strictly in letterbox widescreen. You can also adapt it to a full screen. It is in digital 5.1 and it is THX certified, which is great because you've got to have good sound to make this movie right. I mean, you can't have a rock band without good music. There are some deleted scenes, but not as many as you would expect. Of course, you will receive bloopers and two music videos, What I Like About You and Me vs. the World, a few alternative endings introduced by Mark Waters, the director of the film, and a featurette, Backstage Pass with Lindsay Lohan. I think you're really going to enjoy this film. Well, the curtain's coming down and the popcorn's empty. It can only mean one thing. It's time to say goodbye to you and all my company. But fear not, my friends. We will be back in a little white box and a few fortune cookies later to bring you another DVD or Blu-ray release from the Disney Vault. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always deep inside that little fortune cookie and always inside of you. Should ask that girl to dance. No way. Come on, go on over there. Stop bugging me. Boy, it's true. Youth is wasted on the young. You go ask her then, you old fart. Hey, now wait a minute. Wait, if I was your age, oh, Cookie. Well, I. Well, yes, I don't mind if I still. Mama, what are you doing? Mama, Grandpa, Harry, no! Okay. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are all the different films that you've encountered over the years with your family, your friends, and passed them on to generations. And with us here this week is somebody that may have played a role in your childhood growing up, or maybe yours passing it down to your children. You know him from many different films, including Freaky Friday, as well as How to Eat Fried Worms, and many other things. We have none other than Ryan Algarini here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You know, it was our pleasure having you on. I mean, you have a great resume. So many different things you've been on, television shows, movies, films. And before we jump into that, you know, I always love to ask everybody this, and I know many of our listeners are like, here he goes again. What got you started into acting? <laughs> well, 
Yeah, I'm, well, first of all, I'm I'm extremely fortunate and lucky, and I think that's uh, two uh, really important keys to being uh, somewhat successful out here in Los Angeles. You just got to be really lucky and really fortunate. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have amazing grandparents. They um, they're the reason that I'm uh, that I'm out here doing what I want to do and dream to do. Uh, they they were actors and actresses, or an actor and an actress, um, in Las Vegas, and they used to do they used to do little uh, local projects or commercials and stuff. Nothing too serious, but um, I saw seen my grandmother on a commercial in Las Vegas, and I kind of I was, must have been maybe six or seven years old, and I looked at the television screen and I saw her and I said, I, I want to try that. And you know, God bless her, she listened to a seven year old who <laughs> tells her what he wanted to do. And uh she 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 did that. She enrolled me in some acting classes out there and then uh I kinda started to show a little promise and maybe I might actually have something to offer here. And um they drove me between Las Vegas and Los Angeles from the ages of seven or eight years old till I was about 17, um, two, three times a week from Vegas to Los Angeles. And that's a lot to ask for um, grandparents who are pushing 90 years old. And uh, they, they did that. And, um, and that's how I got started. So I, you know, I, I drove from Vegas to LA for a while and I got an agent manager. And then uh, soon after I started filming uh, things like Freaky Friday and stuff. So really, I just owe it all to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, once you have that support group, that's the thing that always gives everybody the stepping stones and the building blocks, and it's been very fruitful for you. And like you said, you know, it kind of pushed you into many different things, including Freaky Friday, which, uh, you know, of course, was a remake of, you know, a Disney classic. And getting involved with this film, I guess, uh, you know, did you realize that it was a remake? And how did you get involved with Freaky Friday? Oh, yeah. I remember auditioning for Freaky Friday, and I, um, we drove in from Vegas <laughs> into L.A., and I remember I got a, I got an audition for it, and it was just with the casting director who, who cast the project. It wasn't with the director and the producers yet. And um, and I went in, and they, they liked me, and she gave me a script. And, of course, my grandma and I thought that that was uh, really pretty cool. They gave us a script because we, we had just really started out, and we thought that was really neat. And so we waited outside in the lobby and waited for all the people to uh, come out and see if they got scripts. And uh, some of them didn't get scripts, so we, we were pretty giddy about that. And so we laughed all the way back to Las Vegas. And then we got a, a call um, a few days later saying to come back into the directors and the producers. And um, I remember I met uh, with Mark Waters, who was the director of it. And um, right before the audition, we, my grandma and I um, went and rented the original Freaky Friday. And we had watched it. Like, you know, we better study up and... And uh, so we make sure we get this. And uh, we watched the original Freaky Friday, and uh, I remember her and I watched that. And so we, we did our research. And um, yeah, and I just, it, you know, I was so young; it was all just so uh, fast. It, it, it really didn't feel like I was doing anything um, uh, that was meaningful. It was just, it, it, well, to me, it was meaningful. You know, I loved it, but I didn't feel like I was contributing to society in any way, which I wasn't. But <laughs> uh, it was, it was just like a really expensive dress up. So um, it's, it's tough to explain. It was, just, but it was such an experience. I think the relationships you form filming things like that at such a young age is, is what makes it so special. Is because you know I, I still get um, Christmas cards every once in a while from Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, it's just it's really nice to see that you know there's just nice people out there. I think that's that's what's important as we get a takeaway from it all. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, you didn't know that you were going to be influential in society or who knows what, but, you know, that was kind of the golden age of Disney when they were remaking a lot of their classics, which now the newer generation only know these classics that you're part of, like Freaky Friday. and Yeah, Herbie the Love Bug, stuff like that. 
Right, you know, and being on the set with, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis and many different people interacting, you know, being on the set, was it just one big family there? And do you have any fantastic stories that may have happened while you were filming? Oh, man, I, I remember everybody was just so sweet. They really were. I mean, I, I think back, and when I look back at that time being 10 years old, I just have good feelings and good memories of, of people being so nice to me and encouraging and things that I wanted to do. And, you know, I was only 10 years old, um, and so there was lots of toys and lots of uh, gadgets around set that people would, would pick up to make things more fun there for me. And I remember Jamie Lee Curtis had bought a ping-pong table, and um, it, it's at first it was just kind of this... Um, little decorative piece we'd have next to the lunch table, and and then finally after you know they're sitting there for a week, people started picking it up, and then I think by towards the end of the shoot we had everybody on set playing ping pong. We actually had like a tournament, and it it actually I think set us back a couple of days. I remember them saying because we were <laughs> we were playing so much ping pong, and uh, we had a big 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 ping pong tournament. And Jamie Lee Curtis was actually a really outstanding ping pong player, um, and I thought I was pretty good too. We had teams and we did the tournament and. Uh, that that was always nice, um, but really all I remember shooting from that is shooting in school. I was in school a lot, <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lindsay Lohan. We each had her and I each had um, separate teachers, and she she was only sixteen when she filmed it. But I remember being in school a lot. I remember. I remember goofing around a lot in school with with Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> well, you know, and and you know, like you said, you know, you were pretty young being on the set and and whatnot. You know, it's big film, and like I said, it's been passed on now to many generations. Now, do you often yeah. you look back and do people ever recognize you from that? Yeah, it's funny because it it started at first. It 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 was a lot because I you know it was. I remember I went to my first year of um, I had gone to public school from from. Um, um, elementary school to to about fourth grade, and then I was homeschooled for about two years during the filming of Freaky Friday. Um, uh, it was just easier. And then I finally went to public school in sixth grade, and that was about two months after Freaky Friday had come out. And I remember it was uh, they, they, a lot of the kids. I mean, uh, really instantly recognized me. But thank thank God that they that it was actually a really cool school, and they they didn't treat me any differently. And I I quickly made friends based off my character rather than. Um, character as a, who I am as a person, not the character I played on television. I made friends because of how, uh, you know, who I was, and it was nice. It was really, and some kids didn't like me, and that was almost as cool as kids liking me, because um, I was so used to everyone kind of kissing my butt from being so young. And uh, it was, it, it was, it was nice. And then, uh, well, as I grew up, it started to slow down a little bit. And recently, it hasn't been. It hasn't been too much that I've been recognized from Freaky Friday, but if anything, it's definitely Freaky Friday. And I still look relatively young to the same age that I was when I was 10. So when I cut my hair short, it's a lot easier to recognize me. When it's long, it's a little tougher. But when it's short, it's I still get the looks for sure. But the people who recognize me now are all uh, boys and girls that are 22, 23, 24. They're all my age now because that was the movie that they watched when they were when they were young, you know, 10, 11, and 12. That was Freaky Friday was a big movie then. And so it's it's really, it's now almost adults that are recognizing me, which is a little odd. It's never a 13, 14-year-old girl anymore, or boy. Well, you know, and looking back at that film, too, you know, before we move on to some other things, you know, have you ever gone back and rewatched that film or, you know, you, you remember doing a specific scene while, you know, looking back? And are you still surprised that how much that film has now become a modern-day Disney classic? Yeah, it's uh, it's I mean it's some like again like I say I'm I'm so lucky and, and so fortunate to to be a part of something like that. It, 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 it each year that goes by I, that I see it still playing on on HBO and TV and ABC Family and stuff like that. It, it's it 
shows me how how much people really enjoy that film. I mean, it really does play a lot, and people really really get a kick out of it. And um, I, I do sometimes when it's on TV, I, I will sometimes um, just take a quick look at it. And I usually don't sit and watch the whole thing or any of it. But if it's a scenes on it, it is nice to to just look at it and remember the fun times you had. And it's usually the one scene that I always turn on, and it's always that same scene. Is there's a scene in there where uh, I'm talking to Jamie Lee Curtis at the school, and I've, I've just gotten uh, in trouble for writing this uh, report that I had, and she comes and talks to me about um, Anna or Lindsay Lohan's character and how I get along with my sister, and we're having this deep, serious conversation, and then uh, as we walk away, we're kind of like kicking each other in the back of the leg, and I don't know, I'll never forget that you know, when she did that, we were improvising that, and that was all that was all just Jamie Lee Curtis having fun. And uh, we were kind of doing this game. We were, like, kicking each other in the back of the leg. And um, it was cute. And I, I definitely remember that scene very vividly um, because she 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 didn't make it seem like work. She made it all just seem like we were just having fun, which is really important as an adult actor um, trying to act with a, a kid, which I've learned. Because sometimes if you, you know, take these kids too seriously, they don't, they don't um, when you're asking them something, they don't and they give as natural performances if you tr- try to... Uh, make it seem like fun for them. So I really appreciate her doing that. Well, you know, and like I said, it it has gone down to be, you know, a modern Disney classic, you know, on any given day, you can talk with somebody who's seen the original and seen the remake. And I guess with that, you know, being being a young actor at the time and moving forward, and of course, the uh, the wonderful beloved novel by Thomas Rockwell, How to Eat Fried Worms and getting involved with that film. I mean, that is that right there is kind of a staple in time, uh, kind of a pivotal point in some people's lives growing up. And, uh, you know, I talked to many people, including my children, and my daughter, who love that book as well. So what was it like landing that role? And have you ever read the book? I did read the book. I, I remember I, I auditioned for that. Um, I actually auditioned for the lead character of Billy and um, uh, the one who ate the worms. <laughs> and uh, it was actually <laughs> between me and Luke Benward uh, for the role. And I remember Luke Luke getting the part, which he definitely deserved it because he definitely fit the character a lot better than I would have. But they they enjoyed me so much that they decided to write in a character called Benji, and uh, who was the cook. And they they wrote that in for I, I hope it was for me. And so they they gave it to me and and uh, and when you talk about uh, forming friendships on on something like that, uh, you know, being around seven or eight other 13, 12-year-old boys, and it's in the summer in your Texas. I mean, nothing seems like summer camp more than that. I don't I don't ever remember filming that movie. The only memories I have of that movie were hanging out with all the other kids and uh, swimming in the hotel pool and um, laughing and hanging out in the green room and going and doing all these kids' stuff things together because it was, it was that was real real family, and uh, I still keep in touch with some of the, those kids. I mean, to this day, I think I just got off the phone with, with one of the boys who was in that movie about 15 minutes ago, so I, I still talk to them all the time, <laughs> um, and so it's, it's great, but that, that yeah, that, that film, too, uh, before we started filming day, it was a big talk about, you know, this is based off the book, and, you know, this is hopefully, you know, kids are going to relate to this and really like it, and, um, and yeah, I still run into some kids now that just love that movie. They really do. And uh, I think it's the gross fact. It's usually boys. It's usually like 12-year-old boys. Sometimes you say, or, you know, now they're about 18, 19, but they say, oh, I love that movie. It was so gross. And uh, yeah, that's it, it's nice. It's sweet. But yeah, I did read the book. I did read the book. 
Well, you know, and w- and with that, you know, and you know that movie, like I said, it was very pivotal for many people growing up. I guess with that said, have you ever contemplated eating fried worms? <laughs> no, we when we filmed it, I remember all the worms. We were kind of like uh, disappointed, which is so weird that the lead kid was disappointed that they weren't real worms that he got to eat, and uh, they were they were made out of like pistachio pudding and. And they had this whole technique that if you hold them, you've got to twist the worm to make it look like it's alive. And then we went to like worm eating classes. Um, it was, it was, it was quite an experience, but we, we had shot that in Texas and, um, and it was extremely humid and extremely hot. And, um, it was, it was, we couldn't have asked for more fun from a bunch of boys, but no, they were all, they were all fake worms. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, and moving forward, too, from many of these, you've also been part of so many different things. A lot of television shows like, you know, Mike and Molly and, of course, Gary Unmarried and many of those. Now, in working working on television as opposed to films, is there a big difference between the two? Um, yeah, you know, it's – well, when I did Gary Unmarried, is what you're talking about, then Mike and Molly, those – those were filmed in front of a live studio audience, and I probably learned more than I had learned from any other thing that I have done um, when filming Gary and Mary. When I and when I learned, I mean, more about the craft and um, you know comedic timing and profession, being professional and and um, being an adult. Really, I, I learned more on on that show, and it was at a critical point in my life too. I was 17 years old. I was a senior, and I was I was doing full time school and then full time show too, and. Um, and it's 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 a lot different from film, um, but I, I really enjoy television because it's you, you get that you get that um, two different worlds of, of theater somewhat and um, television movies because you're in front of a live studio audience and you can feel their energy and you can feel their their presence and and when you when you say something that's not funny they don't laugh and when you <laughs> say something that's funny they laugh so it's it's nice though it's 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 it makes you sharp it sharpens you up and um, Movies are a little bit more laid back, you know. You take your time, and everything's very precise. And it's, you know, we're on a we're on a schedule, but it's a loose schedule. And you know, we've got time, we've got lots of film. But you know, when you're doing a TV show, it's 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 very quick, it's very um, to the point, and uh, the producers and the network have a lot more say in it. You know, they they're really trying to get it right and quick and exactly how they want it, and um, you know, which can be difficult sometimes to for the you know creative artistic process of it. We can try to create something fresh and original, and then you know you've got uh, network people you know trying to keep it <laughs> the way they've been doing it for the whole careers. Um, and so, but you know, I love it. I, cause I used to do a lot of theater work when I was younger. I, I really enjoyed um, uh, performing in front of people. Uh, it, it's just been something that I've always connected with uh, a lot more. You know, when you do a movie, you know, it, you know, everybody's silent. Everybody's really uh, quiet. You know, you say something funny or you do something, and then there's no reaction, and you, they don't know if you did a good job or not. But in front of a lot of your audience, they let you know. They really let you know. Sometimes they boo. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's great. I, I love, I love television. If anything, I'd love to get a steady television job. I mean, that's, that's the whole goal. Well, you know, in, in working with television as opposed to film too, you know, because you've been on so many different things over the years from Malcolm in the Middle, Mike and Molly, like I said, Gary, I'm married, um, so many different ones, including even returning back to Disney, you know, with a stint on, I didn't do it. How difficult is it to come on and just be, you know, you're kind of 
entrenched in kind of a cast that's a regular and coming on board and saying, all right, I got to nail this. This is this is the one time I'm on this show. Is it ever feel, you know, odd or how do you approach it as an actor to just to jump right in? And that's your character for that episode. Yeah, it's it, you know, you, you got to think of it like everybody's got a job, you know, whether it comes down to the, the lead actor of the show or um the person who walks in front of camera and you just see their right shoulder. Everyone's got a specific job and everyone's got to do their job and do it well. And um, I don't know if you just put yourself in that in that mindset and um, it doesn't really it doesn't really get in in the way too much. But um, it's a lot more difficult for sure. I, I would say to to be the lead of something because you have to you got a lot more weight on your shoulders. You've got more um, weight on your back and you're carrying this this television show you know i i had just filmed a movie um this last two years and i was the lead in it um the complete total lead for the first time i had ever filmed something where i was in every single scene every single shot and it was extremely stressful um worrying about carrying a film and having you be on screen for such a long period of time and hopefully people liking you you know it's, it's different when you come on screen you say one line if you nail it you nail it if you don't they probably will just cut it out um <laughs> so uh it's a lot more stressful for sure being um, having a lot of work but it's it's not it's not too hard um um coming in and, and doing the, those guest spots especially when you have such great um people that you work around with and i've been fortunate again to work with some i mean uh, outstanding people who have changed my life really and the way i look at things um it's a lot easier when you have a good support system like that and doing i didn't do it which was so much fun um there's so many really talented kids. I mean, I'm still a kid too, but you know, these kids are like 14, 15. There's so many talented um, kids out there too that, that are really passionate about what they do and you can see it. And um, I think Dizzy does a good job of grabbing those kids um, while they're young and fresh. And uh, all those kids on I didn't do it are very talented. Well, you know, and like you said, you know, everyone has a job. And, of course, you know, helping push you to, you know, be that lead and be that person in front of the camera. That's going to lead us to, you know, a current project, of course, you know, that you said. You are the lead. You're in every scene. And, you know, a current film that uh, is up and coming, if you want to elaborate a little bit more about that. Yeah, uh, the film is called The Young Kishlowski. And uh, we, we had filmed it about a year and a half ago. And it's about two Calstech, um kids who are who are virgins and who um, uh, are going to Caltech and they, they they hang out one night and then hook up and they have twins and the whole film is about them um, over the course of three days uh, going to their parents and then talking to their parents about these these twins and um, it's a sweet film it's a really actually really a really really sweet nice film um, it comes out July 24th it'll be on video on demand it'll be in select theaters and um it was a great great experience like i said it was different and uh difficult being uh, the lead of, a, of something for the first time and um but i i learned so much i learned so much during that film and uh it won the audience award at the la film festival and it um has won a couple other films at sonoma film festival mill valley film festival and it won the cleveland one about a couple months ago and um, it's just doing really good, and so uh, look forward for that. That'll be a, a nice, a nice film, and it's, it's a little bit more um, of a mature role. You know, it's kind of stepping away from the Disney, but you know, I'm at that point now, or 22, almost pushing 23. I can still definitely play 16, 17, but um, <laughs> but it's 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 nice to start trying to branch out and do some some little more mature roles. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, like you said, I mean, that's currently on the horizon. So many different things from your career. And, you know, you've played a big role for many people's lives who have grown up alongside with you. You know, we're Freaky Friday and How to Eat Fried Worms. And now with the young Kieslowski, I mean, these are 
you know, films that they're growing up side by side with you. And with that said, is there any final words that you'd like to leave for anyone out there that's tuning in, that they're fans of yours, they followed your career, and they grew up alongside of you where many of these things you've been part of are now classics and help them recall moments in their lives as well? Yeah, you know, I, I it, really what it is is whenever I, I run into some of these people who have, have seen them, it's usually Freaky Friday. That really seems to be the home hitter for people where they – they remember, they'll always say, you know, I remember sitting at home with my, my sisters and all my brothers and my family and, and watching that movie and just loving Lindsay Lohan, rocking out on the guitar and being a girl, being 12 years old, seeing her, you know, being in a band and um, really inspired some of these kids. And a lot of that, uh, the, the music side of that, of the movie, uh, surprisingly, um, I, it gets brought up a lot when these people come up to me and they say, uh, you know, I remember Freaky Friday, they always mentioned that, you know, Lindsay Lohan playing the music was, was such an influential part in what they wanted to do, and they thought that that was so cool. And, um, you know, it's sweet. It's sweet seeing all, all these, these people, you know, sometimes come up to me and, and, and say how much these movies meant to them. It's, it's humbling. And, um, and yeah, and, you know, some of these, like I said, some of these actors that I, I've grown up with too, um, from How Do You Fried Worms, I mean, we're all, we were 10, 11 years old, and now, you know, we're, we're best friends. You know, there's a boy named Austin Rogers, uh, who was in How Do You Fried Worms. Like I said, I just talked to him 15 minutes prior and him and I, you know, we're like brothers and, um, you know, it's more than just acting. It's, 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 you know, you, you form relationships that you'll never have, never forget. Definitely. You know, and these are the kind of things where, you know, people have, they love it and they've grown up with it and they, you know, are going to see you on the horizon with many other things, including uh, your newest and latest that is getting released and many other things. Now, if anybody wants to find you all over the web, social media and anywhere else, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on all those crazy cool social platforms. Um, uh, It's just Ryan Malgarini. It's just my name. It's no uh, spaces, uh, no capitals, no crazy numbers, anything like that. It's just Ryan Magarini. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and uh, Facebook, too. Um, but, yeah, yeah it's, you can find out stuff there. If you want to know more about me, you can find out. It's everywhere. It's there. <laughs> Well, it was our pleasure having you stop in, Ryan. You know, take this trip down memory lane, your current projects on the horizon. And, uh, you know, I know you've played a role in many people's lives. And thanks once again for stopping in. Hey, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Mom? Yeah, whatever. Oh, Mrs. Coleman. Uh... All right. Let's do this thing. Okay. Well, what can I say about Harry? He, he is a sweet boy. <laughs> But he's having a little trouble with bullies. So? That's character building. Kid needs to toughen up. He's kind of a wimp. So, that's it? I can go? No, 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 not exactly. Uh, Harry's very bright, but he's having a little problem applying himself, particularly in math. So hold him back. And he's short. He'll fit in, you know what I mean? Um... Well, you know, he's very good in English. I um, I had the class write an essay on who they admire most, and he wrote a wonderful paper about your daughter. showed me the paper you wrote about Anna. You saw that? Mm-hmm. Well, don't tell her I like her. Well, why not? Because we have too much fun fighting. 
You know, kid, you are way more twisted than I thought. <laughs> Good try, loser. Heads, Paige here with an all-new Magical Music Review. Sorry for my absence the past couple of weeks. Final exams got the majority of my time, but now I'm back and ready to go. This week, Jonathan has Ryan Malgarini in the studio. D-Heads will recognize him from the 2003 remake of the classic film Freaky Friday in the role of Lindsay Lohan's character Anna's little brother Harry. A soundtrack was released a few months ahead of the film with a piece of the score written by Rolf Kent and a collection of songs that played throughout the film. The album itself is known as a mixed bag, contains one short suite of the score and a variation of songs by different groups. One song was even covered, albeit very shortly, by Chad Michael Murray, who portrayed Lindsay's love interest in the film. I have a couple of songs all queued up for us, so let's get to it. Sit back and enjoy. One of the songs in the film and included on the soundtrack is The Art of Losing by American Hi-Fi. For placement in the film, a short clip is found during Anna's BE class. The song has been featured in one other film as well as several trailers. As described by the group, the song is about being an underdog, but learning to do things your way. People say, hey, you could do it this way or that way to be more successful. But the song is about telling them, I'll do it my way. Take a listen.
One of the key characteristics to Anna Coleman is her musicality. Anna and her friends actually have a band called Pink Slip. The band has one main song entitled Take Me Away. Anna plays bass, which Lindsay learned to play to the part. She even has a small solo in the middle. The main lyrics are sung by Christina Vidal. In the film, the song earns the group a spot in the Wango Tango competition at the House of Blues. Enjoy! Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage the next act in the KISS FM Wango Tango auditions. From right here in Los Angeles, let's give it up for Pink Slip. My favorite song performed by Pink Slip features Lindsay on vocals. The song Ultimate is at the end of the film at Tess and Ryan's wedding. Ultimate, along with the rest of the soundtrack, was released almost a month before the film was put in theaters. 
The song was released as a single in addition to being on the soundtrack and was used to help promote the film with two different music videos. It enjoyed runs on Disney Channel and on Radio Disney and was so successful on both that it was later released on the That's So Raven soundtrack. Now enough of my babble. Anna, it's all yours. questions, comments, or suggestions, email me at page at disradio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at disradio.com. Or you can connect with me on the D-Wired discussion page on Facebook. Have a great rest of your week, everyone. Until next time, D-Heads, see ya! Anna! Honey, wake up! Oh! <laughs> I have had it! Ah! Hurry up! What? I'm ready! For the Coleman family, Mondays are manic. Bye, honey! Make good choices! Wednesdays are wild. And for Anna and Tess, there's never enough time to really understand each other. What? Time's up. It's after six. But on Friday... You think my life is perfect? You couldn't last one day in my high school. Okay. (laughs) 
That's all about to change. Because things are going to get a little freaky. Why am I in Anna's room? This isn't mine. Those aren't mine. That's definitely not mine. Walt Disney Pictures presents... So, you're in my body and I'm in your body. I'm old! I beg your pardon? Oh, I'm like the Crypt Keeper! Freaky Friday. Why don't we like... Yes, a jolt! Coming soon to Disney DVD and Video. Hello D-Heads and welcome to another segment called Disney Multimedia. My name is Randy Reeker and I'll be giving you the latest news on the Disney company and so much more. Without further delay, let's go ahead and jump in with the latest. When it comes to watching your favorite movies, what type of platform do you watch it on? Most of you are saying my smartphone or even my tablet. With the, those who have the streaming capabilities, you can even watch it from your smartphone, push a little app button and shoot it right to your television or even your computer. It seems like our technology seems to keep on increasing and increasing in the way of more for innovation as well convenience. You could be downloading quickly through your computer upload it to your smartphone or even your tablet and you're on your go you're on your way you could be watching it on a, a on an airplane you could be watching in your car drinking your coffee or beverage and watching your favorite movie and then let's say you want to sync it up to your tv you push a little button on the app that's on your phone and boom it's right there on your television Wow, talk about technology. It seems like it's moving forward to the way of convenience and um, mobility. I know most of you guys are even wondering, what's next? What, how, what's the next generation of bringing your favorite movies to watch? Now, yes, a lot of people thought VHS was the way to go and watching your video but then after a while it seems to age and the VCR starts to get hiccups and then starts to eat it up or you may have kids who like to be curious and want to grab the tape and destroy it. Yes, early ways of having a VHS uh, problem. Yeah, I had my fair share <laughs> growing up. You know, luckily my parents have had an extra VHS just because my uh, ways of playing with the VHS. Um, I don't know. I, I was I was always fascinated when it comes to even technology, even with DVDs, computers, smartphones, tablets, and yes, I still like to watch a VHS movie here and there. When it comes to viewing media, it looks like even the Blu-ray is getting an upgrade. Ultra HD Blu-ray was announced through the Dis, uh, Blu-ray Disc Association. It's a new way of going to the next generation of bringing high definition to a DVD player. Yes, 4K technology is the new ways of watching on your television that has the highest resolution possible through watching uh, television and also movies. The new disc 
format promise the incorporation of the latest video standards and players will be playing backward c compatibility to the existing Blu-ray players disc. So if you have those Blu-rays, keep them handy because this it's a good way to not have to buy more brand new media to watch the latest movies with the new format. The Blu-ray Disc Association says the format incorporates of, of a 3,842 by 2,160 pixel res, uh, resolution, expanded color range support, high dynamic range (HDR for short), and a high frame rate content. Talk about 60 frames per second. Yeah, I'm geeking out. Sorry. As well, when it's promised up to the up-to-date video, the UHD Blu-ray will also support the next generation of immersive object-based sound formats. Blah 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 blah. What's this supposed to mean for me? If you want to watch a great movie, you want to have all this immersive sounds, makes you feel like you're part of a movie, this is the newest way of bringing um, home entertainment theater to your home. Interesting features like Adobe Atomos, which is a very high-definition new format, bring a very sharp sound enhance. I mean, it's to the next level. I mean, this kind of reminds me of a moment at Disney's Hollywood Studios. I'm not sure if it's still there. It's been a while since I've been in the parks, where you go into the sound booth, you sit in there, and you put this high-definition audio headset, and they tell you a story. I think the last memory I had was where there I was sitting in the barbara shop and I sat down and you hear the sounds around you, you even think you hear your hair falling off because the barber is like humming away and he's like hey Louis, give me the scissors okay, snip 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 I mean <laughs> I remember that so vivid at the at the time it was Disney's MGM Studios. This is a, like a jam pack audio session that's definitely not missed for any uh, movie geek myself when it comes to listening to great audio and watching a movie but also makes you feel more immersed with the movie that you're watching or even action-packed I mean the sounds and the explosions or even just the vivid color and makes you feel like you're there Panasonic is the first company to announce the prototype of the Ultra HD Blu-ray player that was teased at the Consumer Electronics Boutique um, Expo. The consumers can be expecting these players to hit the market by the end of 2015. Do you guys own that too? Is the 3D loses its uh, phase of fatness and coolness? Will you be seeing yourself buying a 4K? A flat screen television if that's up your alley? Would you be buying the Ultra HD Blu-ray disc or do you want to keep it down low and just want to buy, uh, buy a movie that has the code where you can stream your videos and your movies right to your smartphone tablet? Well this is Randy signing off with Disney's Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest Disney Multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time.
Quiet LVD Heads. So I hope you enjoyed this week's show. A little bit of a lighter fare here this week. Not as long as many of other shows, but just as fun and jam-packed. And I want to extend a very special thank you to Ryan Malgarini once again for stopping in here at the show, chatting with us about Freaky Friday, How to Eat Fried Worms, Polar Express, his newest projects, and more. And definitely stay tuned for more of Ryan on the horizon. Thank you once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Nathan, Caitlin, Paige, Jason, and Randy, all for stopping in here this week with your signature segments. Without the D-team, you'd have to listen to nothing else than me rambling week in and week out. So definitely connect up with the D-team on our official website and drop them a line and chat. They do not bite. And most of all, thank you, the D-heads. You are the reason that we come in here every single week and bring this show to you for the last five years. You are the reason that we come in, bring this magic, this lifetime of Disney to you every single week to help you relive that magic as many of us have from growing up, passing it on to our children and much, much more. So thank you, the D-Heads, for tuning in and making this show exactly what it is. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, we have a very special guest stopping in here next week for show number 112. But before I let you in as to who that's going to be, I'm going to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete archives, our latest news blogs, the Lifetime of Disney Player, and more right there on the official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also join our Disney discussion group, the DizWire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. Just go to the groups page and search Diz Radio Disney and jump into the discussion right there on the official Diz Radio DWire discussion group. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, B L U, or Diz Radio. D-I-Z Radio. And finally, if you want to stay connected with the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, and more, just subscribe right there in iTunes and Stitcher Radio just by searching Disney On Demand, Disney Blue, or Diz Radio. All three will find your way to us. So definitely subscribing at the latest shows right there on Stitcher Radio and iTunes. So all of you D-Heads, with that said, I'm going to let you in as to who our very special guest is going to be here next week. And you may know such films like Pocahontas, The Rescuers Down Under, The Great Mouse Detective, Wreck-It Ralph, Lorenzo, also the Walt Disney Pictures logo, the newest logo with the fireworks, the castle, the CGI logo that we all know and love. We have none other than Mike Gabriel stopping in here at the show. Yes, Mike Gabriel, who's a writer, director, and animator for the last 35 years for the Walt Disney Company, is going to be stopping in. He has been a director, an animator, and more on such films like Pocahontas, Rescuers Down Under, The Black Cauldron, The Fox and the Hound, and many, many more. And Mike's going to be stopping in and talking about a variety of different things and maybe some hidden gems that you can find in that Walt Disney Pictures logo that many of you may have not have recognized before. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I hope you have a great weekend. Make it fun. We're getting that much closer to bonfires on the beach and all kinds of summer fun. I am excited for summer to finally hit here at the show. So as I always say, as we get busy, as life gets crazy, as just time gets away from us, slow down and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, I'll catch you online and have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.